Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Yeah! Yeah! ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good Karma Brands radio station. Carmen Yurko, Shane Orling, sitting in Carm's chair. He's out again. Hopefully be back tomorrow. You boys will be out on Friday. Football feast, Buffalo Wild Wings in Plainfield. Exciting stuff. Yeah, it's glorious. We're going to have good times out there. Plainfield, good people. Go eat good food, hang Uh-oh. out with good people. I don't know if you've ever been to Plainfield. A little, I have not. They call it tornado country out there. Good. Yeah. Well, not so good. Good. I mean, right, now so that, good. right now, that's Nashville. But that, that is out there. I mean, it's, you know, that's that's where you're at. They've gotten worse, the tornadoes. I it don't feels know. like. Or maybe I, I, we're I just think, more exposed to them I with social the, media. I think the information is that much better. In the 70s, a tornado went through Alabama. Nobody gave a rat's ass. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it's yeah. normal. Yeah, a tornado down there. But this is what happened. How much property damage? How many deaths? You know, that kind of thing. Now you get to see the footage. You get to see the damage and everything. So I think people are much more aware of what ends up happening. I don't know. It feels like they're getting a little more north and a little happening. And weird. Oh. Like, I moved here four years ago. I've had two. Yeah. There hadn't been one for 25 years before I moved here. There's I'm, been two since I did. I'm pretty sure the New York Times wrote about this like two days ago, that not only are there more tornadoes now because of the way the weather patterns have changed, they're also progressing east where they used to be only in the plains, where now you get, like you said, Nashville, some of the south- southeastern part of the yeah, country. Weird spots. Yeah. They're, they're, they're definitely happening more. I'm pretty sure that was just on the, the New York Times website like two or three days ago, we'll over to, the weekend maybe. We'll have to get Tracy Butler in on this. An investigative report from the ABC Weather Center on the tornadoes. feel like that's required. Uh, a lot of people want to talk bears, York. Bears are hot. I'm surprised... December 12th, after the way the season started, that we are in a point where we can talk about being in the hunt, in the graphic, meaningful December games, where we can actually get excited about a matchup, Bears-Browns this weekend, where it feels like a lot is on the line. Like, I had this fight with Cap and Hoodie this morning, who think it's just another one of 17 games. It's a 5-8 and eight team. It's not a big deal. This is the biggest game the Bears have played since I've lived in Chicago. How long have you been here? I got here after the 2020 season. So with the playoffs where Mitch Trubisky lost yeah. against New Orleans when Javon Wims dropped the ball in the end zone? Yeah. That was a big game. Were you here for that one? No. All right. So you missed out on that one. But, so but that would have been saying. the last big one. So I'm giving it Since to you. Since I've lived here yeah. and adopted the Bears as my team. As your artificial team. Yes. Correct. Yeah, I, this is the biggest game I can remember them playing. And at 5-8, and eight, which is stunning that this would become the biggest game that you've been that since you've been here. It is. It's stunning, though. There's actually, Right, but it feels good because there's actually something on the line. Like, if you, right now, we're all just kind of, well, could the head coach come back? What does he have to do to save his job? Has he already done it? If you go win at Cleveland, we start talking about the P word. I yeah, mean, you got to wake up Jim playoffs. Mora. Yeah, it's 6 We're, we're, we're talking, talking playoffs. playoffs. No, I get it. I understand. I'm saying if you're starving, fried rats sounds pretty good. And if you're a starving football fan, uh, having a chance to, to, to play in a game that could propel you into a legitimate playoff run, it certainly sounds a little bit better than the, 
than the other option. I just, I look you know, at everything. It's better than being Carolina. Of course it is. Or, that, or nobody, Arizona. Nobody wants to be a team with a terrible owner who's launching a head coach every couple of years. You just don't want to be that. So I don't get how the narrative at the point that we're at now, where you look at a defense that's become a top 10 unit, arguably top five, that's starting to pressure quarterbacks, that's doubled their season sack total in the last four games. They've got 11 takeaways in three games. The hits principle starting to work. You've got a linebacker that leads the league in tackles. You just look around and go, boy, everything's kind of starting to pay off here. Ryan Poles draft picks. You mentioned Javon Dexter starting to play better. Zach Pickens starting to play better. Then you go get Montez Sweat, another Ryan Poles move. Bolsters the defense. The whole front has become suddenly this unpredictable, ferocious unit that'll get after a quarterback. You can mix up pressure packages. This is a different team than it was to start the year. And we see all of this improvement, and we still go, well, there's got to be an upgrade. This head coach isn't it. Yerk, I think people are getting their eyes blinded by the brightness of the number one pick. Uh, They know that you don't get the number one pick a lot. And if you're ever going to get, theoretically, in theory, a franchise quarterback, usually you end up doing it with the number one pick. So that's what they're saying. Right. But I agree with you. Maybe. There's no guarantee. Here's my issue with that. Tim Couch. I remember when Tim Couch was drafted. They had five quarterbacks drafted in the first round that year. Donovan McNabb was the best quarterback of that group. He was taken second by Philadelphia. Third was Achilles Smith. Later on, the Bears picked 12th, and then Dante Culpepper went 19th. So Culpepper and Donovan McNabb were the two quarterbacks that came out of that draft. The other three quarterbacks weren't good. They were not good. So you've got to be careful also. There's got to be a crystal clear number one quarterback. And I don't necessarily know if there's a crystal clear number one quarterback. People will tell you, oh, it's this guy. Uh, It's that guy. Oh, look who won the Heisman. It's this guy. I don't know. If it's not crystal clear number one, well, and this year, everybody will say it is. It's Caleb Williams. It's the most automatic number one pick, and sometime you have to do it. But my issue with it is this. You didn't earn the number one pick. You got it by being savvy in your front office. Carolina earned the number one pick. They suck. They stink. Depending on how this season plays out. And they have their franchise quarterback. Correct. Depending on how this season plays out, you've earned the fifth pick. And if things go really well, you may have earned a pick between, I don't know, 12 and 17. And if you're in that range, do you really want to reset that? You didn't earn the first pick. You're not resetting a horrible tank team that was the worst in football. You're going to reset a team that was actually pretty good, middle of the pack, showed promise. You're going to get rid of the quarterback, reset the coaching staff on a team that got better. It doesn't make sense. I'm not getting rid of anyone. So that's where I'm at. I'm not getting rid of anyone. I want to know what the people think. That's what I want oh, to Let's know. find out. Uh, let's, let's go with Steven in Kansas City. He's got thoughts. Steven, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm a, uh, probably the still one of the people who are kind of out on Eberflus. But for me, let me explain. Um, the only way probably Eberflus for me to win over is win the rest of the game and maybe make a change at OC. That's a bare minimum for me if I'm talking to, you know, Eberflus at the end of the uh, season. But one of the reasons why I'm out on uh, Eberflus is the um, 
the lack of accountability coming from him and his coaching staff early in the season that he was always seems to be complaining or blaming players for execution, which made me scratch my head. You're the head coach and your coaching staff. Isn't that their, you know, uh, why they were hired to do? So that's really the number one thing. And, and I understand winning press conference isn't that exactly all that important as long as you win. And, and the wins have really been, you know, hard to come by. And then, as I mentioned, I, I want to see a different OC. I think Luke Getze is a, kind of like a, you know, a bit of evil flus. You know, he always tends to find ways to throw shades at his own players, particularly Justin. And, you know, his, uh, you know, endless screen game like we saw against Minnesota. Yeah, but Steven, it won the game. You know what I, like, I get that it doesn't look pretty, but it worked and it won the game, and it's a Minnesota defense that shut out the Raiders. So you just, you got to do what you got to do sometimes. That's a Minnesota defense since I think week four, believe it or not, ranks number one in the NFL by expected points added. I understand, but I have a feeling a lot of people want to see some changes at OC if if Eberflus is ready to make that change in order to, you know, kind of prolong his uh, coaching, head coaching career, uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked to, uh, you know, maybe find ways to, you know, throw somebody under the bus, which is not unusual in this in, in, in this in industry. You know, sports coaches get hired and fired oh, yeah, trust all the me, time. We watched Chico Rivera do it this year. Yeah, but then you hear like T.J. Edwards was on with Black and Abdallah last night and talked about Eberflus and being on the hot seat. And you hear this. I think from the from the jump, I think the thing that I, I respect the most about um, Flus is that his his messaging and his you know foundation of what he wants his place to look like hasn't changed. You know, and for me, I respect that so much because it's easy to um, you know when things maybe aren't going so well, it's easy for you to kind of change who you are and try to you know be something that you're not. But he's been the same guy every day. You know, and, and as players, we respect that a lot because we understand his expectation. We understand um, you know what it's supposed to look like, and especially you know on defense. You know, he's coached some really good defenses. He's had some really good players, some all pro type players in his scheme and things like that. Um, so for us, it was easy to, to kind of buy in and believe. And um, when someone shows up every day and they're, you know, the, the same guy, win or loss, it's it's easy to respect and easy to want to want to play for. So he's been he's been great for our group, man. And um, he's also a pretty funny guy too. He's had some, you know, just just flus type comments that are just they're good for everyone. But he seems um, like he'd be like dad funny. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like exactly, he seems man. like he's making dad jokes all the no time. Doubt. You're like, ah, no doubt. Yeah. You know, and you can tell like some of the some of the rookies just don't quite get it because they're just a little, too, <laughs> a little too young. But like all us older guys, like, all right, you know, he's trying to be funny here, but he's a good dude, no doubt. So there's T.J. Edwards, basically gushing about Matt Eberflus. I know it's easy for us as fans and as media types to watch some of the press conferences and go, this guy needs some more accountability. But then you hear from the players. And there was Montez Sweat who talked about where he came from. You just brought up your yeah. Ron Rivera. Chico. Chico lost that locker room. They, he didn't keep those guys together. It wasn't happening. And then Montez Sweat comes here and he gets in. And this was not a place that he was excited about coming to. He wanted to go to Atlanta. And now he talks about Eberflus deserves all of this credit for keeping the team together, for keeping these guys positive, for growing this defense. It doesn't sound like these players are worried about him driving a bus. So why should we be worried about him driving a bus? Last 10 years, I'm going to give you a little historical perspective. Last 10 years, offensive coordinators in this town, Aaron Cromer, Adam Gase, Dowell Loggins, Mark Helfrich, Bill Lazor, Luke Getzing. 
six and ten years. That's what you got. It's not good for any team. No. It's not good for any offense. It's not good for continuity. It's not good for understanding what an offense is all about. You want to come in and change things up again and start from scratch with your quarterback? It'd be a mistake. Crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie coming up at 2 o'clock. Yerk, I still want to get your thoughts. The Otani deal yesterday. We'll do that at the bottom of the hour. More of your phone calls next. It's Carmen and Yerko. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Talking Bears football, simple question. A lot of talk around the coach and the quarterback. A lot of people want to move on. A lot of people want them both to stay. A lot of people want everybody to stay. I don't know where you're at. 312-332-3776. Yerk and I are in agreement. Eberflus likely sticking around. If things go off the rails the rest of the year, we'll have a different conversation. But we feel like they can win a couple games. Justin Fields starting to play better. Maybe the best move is to bring him back. Where are you at? We'll go to the phones. Dave on the north side. What's up, Dave? Hey, uh, Shay, I just want to first off say I really enjoy when you host. Uh, I, if I have to hear one more morning of David Kaplan saying uh, the team's got talent and uh, let's wait and see, like I'm going to end up putting my brains all over the wall. Got to let it play out, I think, Dave. Yeah, I got to let it play out, right? Yeah, please, give me a break. Anyhow, uh, I really like the Stockholm Syndrome going on here. This guy's never beaten the Packers, and he's got seven wins in two years. And do you really think that he's going to take you to the next level, which should be – Playoffs, deep playoff run, possible Super Bowl run. Dave, what were they trying to do last year? What are you including last year in it for? That was Ryan Pulse sabotaging of the team. Come on, you knew knew what they were doing. Did you not know what they were doing? Did you not know what the sole purpose of that whole season was? It was to dismantle the team, to get as much money, uh, dead money on the books last year so it would come off the books in the offseason, and they can approach free agency aggressively. You're saying, was he responsible? He's responsible only because he's the head coach. But to sit and look at the results and think he had a fair shot of winning games last year, I think you're being a tad bit ludicrous. If you want to judge this year, let's judge this year. And take a look at it. Was it awful? Were there two games that were awful this year? They found a way to lose. Denver in the first Detroit game. They were horrific. They were terrible. I didn't think they were ready to come out after the preseason. I thought they were ill-prepared in the in, in the preseason, which got them off to a crappy start, an old four start this year. And who's that year. on? That's that on the That is coach. on Eberflus. That I'll give you. But let's talk about this year, what matters and what's important. Not how Ryan Paul sabotaged the team to lose intentionally to get the number one pick. So he's a proven entity as a defensive coordinator. Keep him on as a defensive coordinator and go find yourself Dave, a legitimate. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. He's not going to stay as a D coordinator. You're going if you fire Eberflus, he's not going to go. Oh, well, I'll take the DC money. No. Just cut my. Pay. This is in college. It's not going to happen. I get the idea, but it's just not well, realistic. I mean, anybody that wants to criticize Eberflus over last year, I think you're you're barking up the wrong tree. I, I, that's not something that you're going to be able to die on. Ryan Poles sabotaged that team intentionally. Everybody knows that. Got rid of anybody that had any talent early on. Got built up the dead money to where it was going to be. Uh, the Stockholm Syndrome. I'm not falling in love with my oppressors and or my kidnappers. I mean, that's truly what it means. Nobody's kidnapping us here. 
Nobody's got us under duress. Where we don't have rifles pointed at us to where all of a sudden I'm falling in love with my captors. No, I'm sorry. That's not the way it's working. What I'm doing is trying to find out what this team is, how they um, play for their coach, whether they do or not, and whether they play for each other. The buy-in comes with each other. The worst thing you could see is a talented team that doesn't respect each other and doesn't play for each other, and they don't play nearly up to their capability. And if there's one thing this team does, it's play yeah. hard. Like, even when they were losing, you could see signs yeah. of playing hard. Yeah. Now, especially since adding Sweat. Right. And look, I know the early season looked terrible. It, Remember, it was awful because their preseason stunk. They, and the way they practice stinks. That's the truth. So if you want to criticize that, let's come on board. But also we'll remember, it. they had a different defensive coordinator. And yes, Eberflus has to wear a bullet for the Allen Williams situation entirely. But the fact he's not here anymore, and now you're kind of doing different things defensively. Allen Williams was allergic does, to a does blitz. He, does he got to wear it, or he's got to take a bullet? Just wear it. You just wear a yeah. bullet. How does just one wear on a, a bullet? Chain. On a chain, maybe? Get a, okay. Get a jacket on. Well, I, th- I thought he had to take the bullet no, in that no, situation. No, no, no. Just wear that one. All right, I get you. No, I'm just, but you get the point. Like, Alan Williams, allergic to a blitz. Now you're starting to bring pressure from different places. You're getting creative. You have a unit that, since week nine, when you got sweat, there's a material change. It's not some arbitrary point. They are a top 10 defensive unit. You could argue they're top five. So I think you are looking at material stuff that says they're getting considerably better. I like Dave's phone call. I, I mean, I like Dave's phone call, Absolutely. and I'm glad he came on board and jumped on board. I want people to know that. But I think it's unfair. I put Ryan Poles, that 3-13 and 13 or 3-14 and 14 is a Ryan Poles record. Well, okay, to the same point, Eberflus has to wear the 0-4 to start the season. Absolutely. But he also gets to, to tout the 5-4 and 4 since. Well, sure, as long as it continues on in the right direction. Yeah, of course. That's what we're both no, saying. I, and I think that, like, I've been pretty clear, if the wheels come off... Yeah. And you are non-competitive down the stretch, and you don't win any of these games. Like you got to at least beat Arizona. You got to at least beat Atlanta. The best part you is probably got to yeah, beat Green the Bay. Quarterback knows he's got to play well too. So that, yeah. that's where they're tied. The two of them together. They both know they have to play well. If they beat Cleveland, then we get the chance to celebrate. dream, Start and to, then you to get celebrate. to. If they beat Cleveland, I think everybody's going back because you got two home games. Correct. Yeah, two home games. And they're two indoor teams. Well, I, yeah. Atlanta's retractable, but you've got a southern retractable roof team and a dome team from Arizona. And uh, coming to Soldier re- Field that not in late retractable? December. Is that not retractable out there? Is it? Or they just change out fields. I don't know what they do out there. No, I think they roll the field out of I the stadium yeah. and then roll it back right. in. They got no they sun get the, the Yeah, doors. right. They've got to water it and get the sun on it. Right, Let's go right. to Chris on 290. What's up, Chris? Chris, Jay, who would you say are, who would you say are the best two teams in the league right now? Maybe I, San Francisco and Baltimore. I would say San Francisco and Baltimore. Okay, now let's say you gave Eberflus and Getze all of that, all their their whole their entire team, their plays, their their players, everything. You think those two could win a Super Bowl? Sure. I don't, I, I, they get Christian yeah, McCaffrey and, D, and Debo and quite possibly Nick Bosa. I, yeah, he, maybe. I don't know. It was the, the big tackle. The answer's got to be no. Why did they? Why, why does did it have to be no, Chris? How do you know that it's no? Because they're inept. How do you? They're, inept. they're, maybe they're they, clearly maybe they not seven inept. Games this year, and and maybe they even get to ten wins next year. But they're not a Super Bowl caliber coaching. Chris, back. if the games were played on Mars, do you think Eberflus and Getzey could win a Super Bowl? I'm curious. 
that's silly. Oh, it's just as silly as what you offered me, man. If we just if everything were different, yeah, and I'll offer Dallas. It might be the best team in the league. And people have been wanting oh, to fire. Don't Ma- fall for the cheese, no, yuck. no, Mike McCarthy. Don't take the cheese. People have been getting on yuck, Mike no. McCarthy forever. There's no cheese out there. They've been getting on Mike McCarthy forever. The Dallas Cowboys are playing good football. Period. That's it. And your San Francisco team, by the way, lost three games in a row in the middle of the season. Who cares? They're fragile. No, you they, gotta care. They'd be laying five well, points you, against what Dallas. Are, well, what are you basing your silliness on then with the Dallas Cowboys? Why don't you? I, I'm not a big fan of what the Cowboys do, but Brandon Cooks has proved to be a difference maker. Why are the Bills favored on Sunday against Dallas in Buffalo? Yes, because it's a neutral site game and it's in Buffalo. It's a and neutral people, site game. Not a neutral site game. It's a road game. It's a road game for the Dallas Cowboys. Here, don't take the cheese. What is it? How much is the spread? Two and a half. Two and a half. Who's the more desperate team? Buffalo. So it's actually they're a half point favorite. Both teams are desperate. Half if Dallas, point favorite. No, nobody's couching yes. two points for home field yes. anymore. No, three. They don't Stop. couch two. Nobody's they doing couch that three. anymore. Absolutely. No, 100%. it's a half point now. Yes. Come on. It's not a half you are point. Ta- you are yes. taking the cheese. Ridiculous. You are taking the cheese on Dallas. I am more than happy to take your wager than on Dallas and, and what Buffalo we, what this week. What do we want to do? What Whatever do we want to do? Sandwiches for the station. The whole station? The entire station. What kind of money do you too. think I make? Oh, I know what kind of money you make. What, what am what, I, Warren Buffett? What are you doing? You're doing the... trivia every Thursday night. You got yeah, trivia, trivia money, guy. You got yeah. life money. I saw that. There's Come like on. 75 well, the appearances you that think you, I am. You had 75 appearances this year. I've yeah. seen it. I was thinking I'd get you a sandwich. No, the sandwich. whole station. The whole Boy, station. You had show. You had about a show station. On a day where everyone's in the building. What are the parameters of the wager? The parameters of the wager or whatever the spread is, we make the wager. Oh, just on the Buffalo game? Yes. No, I already bet money on Buffalo. I'm talking about you taking the cheese with the Cowboys. If they win yeah, a playoff yeah. game, no, they have the... to win a playoff game. Okay, that's not a problem. That's it? That's all they have to do? Perfect. <laughs> He's happy. Perfect. You want to do two? Well, make the NFC no, Championship game. No, no, game. no. Make you the offered, NFC. We you haven't offered, shaken. No, no, no. no you we have not shook accepted. Hands. We you don't can have to do shake anything hands. we want. You've made an offer. Chris, I've accepted Adam, your offer. Witness. We have a theoretical contract. There no. was no handshake. The wager, first of all, is on this game against Buffalo. You've changed the parameter. I you never thought we were talking about the Buffalo game. I told game. you you're taking the cheese. I concurred. I agreed with you. One playoff game. Mm. I am in agreement with you. And I thought you, you guys were talking it. about the Buffalo game. So did I. I thought As you guys were talking I about the Buffalo game. I think changing it now. And now Shea's changing the parameters. Yeah, I mean, all right, all right, all right. All right zero all right. confidence all right. in his wager right Roll now. Back. Who's the douche? Yeah. <laughs> there you Roll. go. Roll it back. Yeah, go ahead. Roll, Roll it go back. back. Roll it back. Who do you think you are? Oh, I You're more you. than welcome to come Roll it back. Who's the douche? I heard you two reset an hour. I don't want to hear it. Is this producer stuff here going on right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Roll this producer. You sit in the chair and all of a sudden you're <laughs> dictating orders. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, we'll go Stop. back to the start of the bet and we'll make it on the Buffalo game. Yes. But I'm not buying sandwiches. That's what we were talking station. about. I, I will take the Bills and the two and a half. I'll buy you a sandwich if the Cowboys and cover I'll the t- number. I'll take the Cowboys. And what about it, us? It'll be the show, though. I'll, the I'll show. buy your show. The show is I'll fair. buy your show sandwiches. The show is fair. If we lose, then you can buy our show sandwiches. And not, not pot bellies. That's four guys, not pot bellies. It's Barry we're talking about. Or what's that other place? PJ Santana Angelo? JP Graziano. <laughs> That's it. JP Graziano's. <laughs> Close. Not the guard from uh, not the guard from Gonzaga. Right. Yeah. PJ Santana Angelo. <laughs>
and Casey Cavalry. Right. My we, guys. We have a deal. I've got the Bills laying Richie two Fram. and a half. Yes. See, usually this works out in our favor either way. I don't yeah. like the fact that if uh, if Shea wins the bet, Yurko's buying lunch for Cap and Hood and Jay Moore and Shea. Like yeah. usually when Carmen and Yurko make a bet, these guys make out like, like winners. Win, win, win no matter what, it's great. Yeah. no matter what. That's <laughs> yeah. the best part of these. Sure, bets. guys, make your bets. Now, sure. I don't like now, that they're getting sandwiches and we're not. Now you are yeah. just as invested as them. <laughs> Who's the douche? It's Shea. That's well, for sure. Might be me for wanting sandwiches regardless. <laughs> You have a who's the douche question. If we have time, I want to ask you. All right. Uh, we're still talking bears. Full phones. People uh, want to talk Otani. bears with us. You said you wanted to talk about Otani. Hey, Otani, Otani, but, hey, oh, Otani Shmotani. He's got, got a football. cup anyway. Not There's problem. football and people want to talk what? football. Let's, let's talk uh, bears. We'll do that more when we come back. It's Carmen York. Chicago's home for sports on Instagram at ESPN underscore Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvie coming up in a little less than a half hour. Remember the holiday party, Waddle and Sylvie's holiday party, Bub City and Rosemont, Friday, 2 to 6. They'll crown a champion of the holiday parody songs. Heard a lot of good ones. They've got their finalists. They'll crown a champion on Friday at the holiday party. So go to Bub City, Rosemont, 2 to 6. And Carmen Yurk in Plainfield on Friday. Bears football feast at Buffalo Wild Wings. A lot going on from ESPN 1000 on Friday. So get out if you can. Plainfield, Rosemont, whatever you want to do. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. A couple great events for you. And uh, Sylvia and Wild, the party's for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like an exclusive party. It's a party for everyone. Yeah. Just come on out. Have a good time. Enjoy yourself. Love City, Rosemont. Everybody's partying together. It's the holiday season. The more the merrier. Everyone's invited. We've been talking uh, Bears a lot. People want to weigh in. The future of the Bears, what it looks like, what they could do down the stretch, the pipe dream of 4-0, finishing 9-8 with a chance to either make the playoffs or knock Green Bay out, which seems less likely after the loss last night to the Giants. But you might be going up to Lambeau at the end of the year actually playing for something. It's surprising to all of us. Who would have thought? But that's the situation that you're in. Hey, I just want to get on the air and say this first, guys. You heard it here first on Carmen and Yurko. If it plays out that way, you guys know what that, what's going to take place on that Sunday, that final Sunday of the NFL season, right? Sunday night football. Yeah, You know that that's the case. If the Bears continue to win out, Bears-Packers will be the final game on Sunday night football for that weekend. It was the same weekend. thing last year, and it ended up being a meaningless game, but it was, well, meaningless Lions, for Packers, the Lions, but yeah. it was Lions-Packers flexed to Sunday night, a chance for the Packers to play their way in, and the Lions knocked them out. Yeah. You have a chance. We talked all season. Can you just be last year's Lions? You have a chance to actually do it, and basically with the same script. So we're having the conversation. What does the future look like for these coaches, for this staff, and for this quarterback? A lot of you want to weigh in. We start with George and Oswego. George, what's up? What are you going to do if? And I'm not. I don't want to fire anybody, but they're in corporate America. If you're not producing, you don't hang around long. Now he showed great improvement as far as a coach over the last few weeks. And I understand last year you just threw it into the wind. What if Harbaugh becomes available? What do you mean? Like Harbaugh's giving you a call? Harbaugh's... What, what, what if we can get Harbaugh as our coach? He's already proven in the college ranks. He's proven in the NFL that he can get a team 
to the Super Bowl, are we not going to entertain bringing him on? Yurko, and I understand. I don't want to get this. rid of. I mean, I don't want to keep yeah. going through this cycle of a new coach every three years either. Here's my worry with Jim Harbaugh. The answer is I don't entertain it. Yeah, I, I think you're bringing. I, in, I don't think Kevin Warren will entertain it. You're bringing in a guy who historically is non-cooperative with front offices. He's probably going to end up like at least being. I don't know if it results in Ryan Poles leaving. I doubt it. I don't think the conversations even happen if Ryan Poles isn't a part of them. But you worry that that becomes combative. That relationship that became combative when he was in San Francisco. That that same thing happens here. It might have a four-year expiration date. He might want to hardball you into, we're going to draft J.J. McCarthy, who he coached at Michigan. I don't know that that works out swimmingly. I, I just really think, like, if we see the progress that we are kind of expecting yeah. at this point, I don't see a purpose in resetting. You don't want to tank everything that you've done well and start over I'm not, again. Yeah, I'm not concerned about January 8th until January 8th. I'm concerned about the next four weeks for exactly. the football season. And then I'll worry about January 8th on January 8th. Now, if they go out, the wheels fall off. Then we'll have that conversation on January 8th. You're probably going to be looking at a new head coach. But if you, like, if all of this, George, I th- it, correct me if I'm wrong, you're playing out the scenario where the development continues. The progress continues. They keep coaching this well. Justin Fields keeps looking better, right? Am I wrong? No, he, he he looks much better than he looked the first half of the season. So if that continues and Harbaugh comes in, like, George, where are you at with it? If this progress continues, you finish this season seven, eight wins with a defense that looks like it could be a top ten unit. Justin Fields continues to show progress, move forward. He's throwing the ball well. The, the legs continue to work. The offense starts to look better. And Harbaugh gives you that call. Are you resetting everything to get Jim Harbaugh because he's proven? It's a, it's a tough call to make. That's why I figured I would I would get your guys' take on it. I, look, the last time the Bears won a Super Bowl, I was in high school. Yep. Uh, I'm I was retired. Freshman. I'm a freshman in college. I wasn't even born. Still working. Okay. So, I mean, and I'm your age, Yurko. Yeah. Um, but that's ridiculous. Well, I agree with you. Uh, the only thing is Eberflus uh, can't pay – for the sins of the last, you know, 35 years, it's not his fault. He can only control what he's controlling. I, I'm more frustrated than anybody that this team has only been to the Super Bowl once, once since 1985, and they found a way to crap down their pant leg because the quarterback couldn't get the ball from the center. Well, it's, it, Sylvie made the point yesterday. Never in his life have they just gotten this right. They've gotten the quarterback right. They've gotten the head coach right. Everything's right at the right time, and it hasn't happened. But why should Eberflus have to pay the invoice of 40 years of failure? Of frustration, yeah. Well, he shouldn't. That's the point. Uh, let's go to Andy and Mundelein. Andy, what's up? Yeah. Hey, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you, man. What's yeah, up? We're listening. Yeah, you know, I've been listening to you. I mean, if we didn't have the top pick, I think everything is fine here. We roll with Justin, try to develop him. But, I mean, do you guys... Look at the throws that he's making. He he has trouble anticipating crossing routes. I mean, I know he made the one out pattern to Mooney that made it through the defensive back, but the other two out patterns to Mooney, they were way off. And I know, Yurko, you said yesterday that Komet should have caught that ball thrown over his head, kind of. Yes. I get that. 
But you know what? I mean, he's that's an easy throw. He's got to put it on the guy. He had to put it. He had to throw over an extended arm. I don't know if you saw it, but he had. To, oh yeah, he had to go and loft it. If you have any type of athleticism as a tight end, you could find a way to make that play. If anything, well, it shows me the limitations of the tight end more than it shows me the limitations of the quarterback. Yeah, the other the other throw, the crossing pattern to Moore that he air airmailed over his head. That was bad. Andy, I mean, I'll give you that that's, one. You know, that's gotta be right on him. And and three years into the league, if you're still waiting for the guy to be open, not anticipating when the guy's gonna make the move, what other quarterback has been around that long that they can't make the throws coming into the final times of the season? Now I think you know, the other thing that uh, it's not so much Eberflus, but it's is Fields going to be the, the person. And, you know, you have the financial incentive to reset if you can keep Eberflus somehow. I mean, the defensive players are not going to disappear. So Montez Sweat shows up, the defense starts playing marvelous. Is that Eberflus or is that Montez Sweat, Right. So I think if you've got, and like the other... Andy, I get where you're going with it, but I think it's hard to take credit away from Eberflus when the defense is playing this well. And obviously having a talent like Montez Sweat on the defensive line allows you to do different things. It opens guys up. I think it's a part of why you're starting to see Dexter Pickens play better. But the scheme is also working. And if you watch... They're bringing pressure from different places. It's not all sweat generating all the pressures. It's opening up the ability to do more creative things with the scheme. Well, Lance has told you guys on Cap and Jay Hood for the last few weeks, for the whole season, the system is fine. You need the players to execute right. the system. And now that you have the players there in Montez Sweat to execute the system... It's working. And Edwards and Embens are good examples of it. They got off to rough starts, but as this defense got healthier and it got more talented... Both of those guys have delivered. Both of those guys have take have takeaways. And you like Bojack's really the only player that hasn't gotten a takeaway. Everybody else is starting to feast. And like it's not like it's just Sweat playing well. It's Jalen Johnson who's developed into a true lockdown corner. It's the emergence of Jaquan Brisker, a guy who can come from the defensive backfield, be hard hitting up front and playing coverage. Kyler Gordon's played well. It's all of these guys. I think you're seeing development everywhere, so you can't just give credit to Sweat. Eberflus deserves his, too. I think there's a slew of credit that belongs along that uh, that defensive side of the ball. Eberflus is one of the guys, Sweat, for coming in here, and then the rest of these guys for being able to ball, too. Yeah, they come together as a team. That's the great thing. I mean, there's individual uh, accolades to be thrown out there because, you know, it's one-on-one, you're making plays, but Everything's kind of relying upon everybody else. And so as long as you recognize that, you're in pretty good shape. If your team plays its ass off, everybody's going to get individual recognition. So let the team go play its ass off, and everybody is going to feed at the trough. Trust me. I'm with you, Yerk. Uh, I have a who's the douche question for you. Something happened yesterday at my house. Okay. And I may be the douche, but I think it's somebody else. I want to ask you about that. We'll do it next. Cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie in 15 minutes. It's Carmen York. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Carmen and Yurko are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. 
Carmen and Yurko. Shane Orling in for Carm. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. We'll wait and see. Yurk, I had a potential who's the douche situation play out at my house in yesterday. In your own home yeah, yesterday. in my home. So backstory on this. My wife and I are getting our main bathroom remodeled. The master bathroom. Correct. It's being remodeled. The, the ensuite, I'm told it's called. I got you. Is being remodeled. It's being remodeled. Everything's and being gutted. Everything's pretty much close to done. We right. got this started the 1st of November. Okay. It was supposed to be finished November 13th. was the original schedule. 14 days it was supposed to be done. Correct. It was supposed to happen pretty quickly. We are still in the process of getting this done. There were some circumstances that knocked us back. Our plumber uh, had a illness. He couldn't come for a couldn't week. Couldn't come it, yeah. Couldn't make it. The demo guys took a little longer than expected. Putting everything back up took longer than expected. So now... So the 14-day window has turned into a six-week window. Six-week window. Yeah. So now we're at the end of it. And yesterday, these guys come over, and it's install day. They're going to put everything in. We're going to... The toilet's going in. The faucets are getting put together. We're right. going to be ready to go. We're going to have right. a bathroom. I'm excited. A little glass on the shower door somewhere, you know? So there's one issue... We, well, we did a stand-up with a curtain. We didn't do the glass in I got case you. Not shower. a problem. Not yeah, a problem. So the stand-up with the curtain. But one issue is the contractor who's overseeing all of this has been to my home zero times. And I found that interesting because the, typically... The GC, the general contractor... Correct. ...has not been to your home at all. Zero appearances. It's all been the subcontracted guys. So they've all been coming over to do all the work. So he has no idea what the construction looks like underneath everything. There has been zero eye on the job for the GC. I got you. He hasn't been around to look things over, check things out. Not once. No, whatever. It is what it is. I can assume that the guys he gets are good. They'll take care of it. So yesterday they come over for install day. And I bring the toilet... The plumber, he's got a bad back. I'm helping him out. So I go down into our basement storage. I grab the toilet. Are you getting paid at this point? Heavy. No. Heavy. I mean, we're talking 120 pounds. Crappers are heavy. That's porcelain, man. Porcelain. I take it up the back stairs, bring it into the apartment. Sure. Set it down. And then I go, look, the toilet's out here. We're all set to go. I'm going to go work out. I'll be back in an hour. Going to go pump some iron. Correct. I'll be back in an hour. Uh, Let me know if you need anything. I have my phone. Give me a call. So nothing. I come back. There's another guy in my house who wasn't there already and he goes hey i gotta talk to you for a second he goes your toilet's not gonna work that's a 12 inch bolt pattern you need a 10 inch bolt pattern yeah that's not gonna work my issue correct we bought the wrong toilet that's a problem right however you bought the toilet i refuse to believe that i am the douche for buying the wrong toilet we outlined exactly what we were buying he saw what we had and none of it got checked over How is this my fault? We could have had this figured out two weeks ago. This ain't going to work. Let's figure out another option. Instead, install day. We find out this isn't going to happen. The crapper's going on. Because nobody's checked over the list. Nobody's checked what we picked up if we got the right things. I don't even know if we ordered the wrong thing or if we just got delivered the wrong toilet. Nobody at any stage has looked. I need to know from you, because you seem like a guy... Boots on the ground. Yeah. You know, you're a working man. Right. Blue collar type, tough. Sure. Theoretical. Who's the douche in this situation? Who's the douche? GC is. He's the guy that's got to dot the I's and cross the T's. 
He's the guy. He's the guy that makes sure everything's okay. That's he's the guy that's getting paid, by the way. Right? He's getting paid. That's his job to make sure all the materials that are ordered are there. That are there. They're being utilized. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Things aren't disappearing on the job site too. You know, theft. Theft happens every once in a while Scary. on the job site. Yeah. <laughs> so the point is. He hasn't dotted the I's and crossed the T's. Whatever he's getting paid, it seems to me he's getting overpaid. Well, I'm not going to go that far. Unless, they've done a beautiful job. Unless you, yeah, for, for four weeks later. I just, I, I will say, yeah, they've done a beautiful job. Four it's weeks just taken a month longer than right. it was supposed to. Yeah, four weeks afterwards, they've done a beautiful job. But how beautiful the job is it if the crapper's about to go on and they're like, we got a problem? Well, what the hell's going on? I will say I reacted poorly. Oh. I wonder if this adds to me being the douche a little bit. Is I well, walked you in. Haven't, you haven't included that aspect of it. I walked in and I was told, all right, the toilet's not going to work. They explain why. And I looked at him. I didn't say a word for probably five seconds. I just stood speechless. Mm-hmm. Then I said, great. Turned around kicked the toilet box and then started shouting as I walked to my shower in the other bathroom so that I could like get cleaned up before we took care of this. Right. Shouting. We could have figured this out a week ago if you people would have checked something at some point. Shouting. In Who's the douche? Did You're you, the douche now. You should have just went in there going, incompetence. I was. Incompetence. I was reacting. That's what you should have been Listen, said. I'm not proud of myself. I reacted poorly. I understand that. And I did apologize. Yeah. But I did react poorly. Well, I took of course, it out you're frustrated because you, it's people, not their fault. people have been in your house four weeks longer than they promised they'd be Correct. in your house. And it's not nice when you got people in your When I'm given the lockbox code yeah. so that these people can come set my bathroom up while I'm right. at work, yeah. then I got to change the code because you never know. Yeah. You got to be careful. You just, theft happens on job sites. Theft happens. The, the code's got to get changed. Sudden materials disappear. Six weeks I've had these people in my home and there's still problems. Your master bathroom so, becomes co- somebody else's minor bathroom. <laughs> I feel I feel like I'm in the right, not the right, but I feel like it's understandable that I'm reacting. So poorly. why are you picking up the materials in this whole process? The whole time. Everything. It's been delivered to our house. We've picked everything up. We've brought it all. We've stored it all. And somehow nothing is getting put on a checklist or double-checked to make sure everything's square. And that, you don't feel, was your responsibility. You feel that's the GC's responsibility. That's the point of hiring a contractor, right? right? I don't want to have to to do that. I'm busy. I got things to do. When I hire somebody, they're they're bringing all the supplies in. Do you know what I'm saying? That's like in just, uh, you're tearing it down. You hired them to tear your thing apart, right? Yes. You didn't do that yourself. Nope. So as part of tearing it apart, they know then to take it out of the house too, right? They, they, there has been garbage left on my back stairs for over 10 days at one point. Yeah. B- black bags but, of but garbage. You, but you get what I'm saying. Out. Right, but you get what I'm saying. They're responsible for removing everything. They're responsible for bringing the materials for the job site. One would think. Yes. So then I looked over. It's, I mean, what the hell did you agree to? Certain things where customer will provide. And so we, listen, we agreed to that. We provided the wrong toilet. But again, somebody at some point should have been there. Yeah. Like you said, dot the I's, check the T's. Sorry that I reacted in a negative way and took it out on the subcontractors, but I was pissed.
Yeah. How and did I this get solved yesterday? How, when you're what, what, what happened? Yeah, what happened? How this I go on the website to get a new toilet that'll fit. Yeah. They don't Two have Two week delivery oh, time. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. So we've ended up spending three times the cost on a, a admittedly way nicer toilet you come, that yeah. we could get delivered today so that it'll get done. You guys need to come to Northwest Indiana. We got plenty of crappers all over the place, man. <laughs> Just on the street. Well, we all I can just pull stuff. over, throw it in the back you, you, seat. You don't have to wait five weeks to get a you know a commode in. I'm taking your toilet. I'm you need, coming you over. I'm come taking over, your crapper. You can come on over. I, I need to replace crapper or two anyway. That is a very used right, toilet. Man. Oh, yeah. I don't know if that's what I want you in my bet, home. You bet it is. Well, I certainly don't want Sylvie's toilet the way he's talked lately. I don't Why? Know. The way he's uh, talked lately doesn't seem like he's using it. He, I, he's got a poop well, story every I'm, week, Adam. See how backed up? It sounds like it yesterday in another poop story. Well, you must have accidentally taken some Imodium. That'll that'll stuff you up right there. <laughs> that and bl- uh, blackberry brandy. You ever had blackberry brandy? I haven't. Stuff you up like cheese, man. That'll get you stuck? Oh, boy. You got a problem. You have to go see a doctor after that. All right, we got crosstalk. Waddle and Sylvie, the boys are in. Coming up next, right now, Shay and Yurko have the final word. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a Today's final word on Carmen and Yuriko. Dave Brown is early 90s, big tall guy, about 93, 94 feet. I would have been a fetus, likely. Well, congratulations. At least you were there. Yeah. Past the embryonic stage? We'll have to see. Let me look it up. Let me look up that year. Look up those dates. What's the date of conception for you exactly? But yeah. (laughs)